insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Glovebox. God, I love Glovebox. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Nailed it. Did it. You Last time it. Bradley had to do the, the intro. Guys, I got breaking news today. My beautiful wife is with me down in Mobile, Alabama. She is on, in the podcast studio right now. Uh, we drove down yesterday, and at one point last night, without getting into too much detail, I have not said this to her. A lot of things I don't say, so I can wait and say I'm on the podcast, but she is my best friend. She's been so supportive in my career. Any success I've had has directly attributed to, to her and the support that she gives me. But last night at one point, I'm laying in bed. Tennessee Titans were playing the uh, Chiefs they last win? night. Uh, they, they, they did. Okay. They did. No, Chiefs won. I'm sorry. Oh. Chiefs won. Very end. I think what you're about to hear is going to probably let you know why I don't know that. At one point, I'm laying in bed, and I thought, this is, this is the happiest day of my life today. That's how good it was last night, ladies and gentlemen. So, <laughs> so without, without going into detail, I'll just leave it at that. So, I have purposefully breaking news right now. For two weeks, my wife has said to me, I need your list for what you want for Christmas. And so today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest on our podcast, and this is a very special day to have her in studio with us right now. I wanted Bradley to go ahead while we're live on air in front of our rock star guest who is a brother from another mother and give my wife my Christmas list live on the podcast. Okay. So here we go. Baby girl, are you ready for she's, this? She's getting her phone here we go. out. Here we go. Item number one for Scott for his Christmas list. <clears throat> There's only four items on here, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. This will not take long. Car cover for my 66 Dodge Charger. You have a 66 Dodge Charger? I do. And yeah. my grandfather left it to me in 1994, and it desperately needs a new car cover on it. So there's number one on my list of what I want for Christmas from Santa Claus. Number two, two pairs of champion gray sweatpants. So that's number two on the list. If you're, if she, if she needs to be taking notes over there, Bradley. She's videoing you. So. Number three, number three, one can of silicone WD-40. I almost couldn't read my own notes there. One can of silicone WD-40. That's number three. Number four, one dark brown pair of Georgia boots, which I don't know where my other pair went, but I would like another pair. And this is kind of a four. Like she didn't like that one as much. Okay. I'm sorry. And number 4B is three pairs of boot socks. And mm. ladies and gentlemen, you just got Scott Howell's Christmas list There's for the year. There's nothing worse than putting boots on without boot socks. I'm telling you. So you understand that some insurance vendor is going to send you a Dodge Charger cover branded nah, to their nah, company, right? Nah, or at best, that. some champion sweatpants. If they want to send me – I love champion Laurel, sweatpants. Laurel got some uh, Patagonia – jogger sweatpants the other day uh -huh. and i was like i'm gonna end up wearing those things because they're too big for her, or right. i'm gonna order me some right no that that is a very detailed 
list of Scott's Christmas list. I know some of you out there will be amazed at at the level of intricacy and and the expense (laughs) that my wife is going to have to go through to get all that for me. But hopefully we can scrounge up enough money to get those four four B items there. You know what you should do? Huh? We were talking about. And, and by the way, I'm, I swear to God, that's it. That, he this actually is, wrote a list. Yeah. This is it. This is my Christmas list. This is my real, honest to God Christmas list. So, you know what you should do? You know, it'd be hilarious. This would be right up your alley. <laughs> we were talking about agency swag before we came on the air. Right. You should get. You know the the juicy pants that people used to wear like ten years ago right. with juicy on the butt. Right. You should get that with I protect okay. on the butt. For for me to wear yeah, or for her to wear? For you. <laughs> I, w- I would love that. You know I'd wear the shit out of them. She would. I bet you she'd wear them. That'd be a great gift to give the girls in the office, too. <laughs> I might, Some, you might be running into an EPLI uh, claim. Yeah, EPLI claim. Hey, guys, listen to me. Our mission on this podcast never changes. It is to help you insurance agents each and every week and to help you row that boat one step closer to the lighthouse to help you live the life that you deserve to live and to get the kind of high-end Christmas presents that I'm going to get this year uh, at my house. And that's what I want for each and every one of you. Now, I don't know if y'all can afford a can of the WD-40 silicone. Remember I said that silicone spray, but that's big doings around my house. So I want to bring on somebody today that I feel a connection with. He is a brother from another mother. He is a fantastic insurance agent. He's one of those guys that's really easy to like. People genuinely like him. He's fun to be around. He's fun to enjoy an adult beverage with. But without further ado, I want to give him the introduction that he has always deserved. He was born, raised, and lives in San Diego, California, one of my favorite cities in the world. He is married to the beautiful Desiree Farmer, and they have two beautiful babies, Peyton, 18, and Olivia, 12. Peyton and Olivia, one of these days, you are going to listen to this podcast, and you're going to listen to your daddy and what all he's accomplished in his life, and you are going to be so proud of him, so proud of him, and you should be proud of what he's accomplished. He's a graduate of San Diego State with a Bachelor's of Science degree in accounting, And in in 1996, he started a scratch farmer's agency. He has achieved President's Council twice, was a member of the Agent Commercial Council, outside of Farmers, was a member of the Million Dollar Roundtable. In 2013, he started a niche in Private Flood, and two years later, he hustled into Lloyd's and eventually was tribunalized and became a Lloyd's cover holder. That word's too big for a boy from Pine Ridge, Alabama. He brought on a partner to help run that business while he continued at Farmers. And in 2019, he started his own independent insurance agency focusing on property and casualty and flood insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you my friend and great American, Mr. Aaron Farmer. How are you, Aaron? I'm doing great. Thank you, Scott. It's not often that we interview someone that has the same mic as us on the other end of the world. That's right. He knows what he's doing. That man knows what he's doing. Man knows here. what he's doing. Aaron Farmer, let's get in my DeLorean today. We've got a lot to talk about, and I've got a lot of questions for you. Get in my DeLorean today. Now, this is two big old boys in a DeLorean, but I need you to get in here with me. Go back in time. Talk about how you got into the insurance industry, and, and you had a lot of stuff in here you need to touch on, 
and bring us up to today. Okay, I'll uh, I'll try and go uh, as quick as possible. So I graduated from San Diego State and I moved to uh, Newport Beach, California, and uh, I was working for an accounting firm that did uh, business valuation. So mostly people getting divorced, things of that nature, uh, and you'd value their estate or businesses. And I knew I wanted to own a business, but of course I had no money. And so at one point we were called in to value a brokerage. So this guy was getting divorced and we were working for the wife. And so we had to value uh, this brokerage mm. and I uh, had no idea really much about insurance. And so uh, as I learned more about the business, I started saying, hey, man, this is pretty cool. And ultimately, uh, certainly the guy made good income. I like that. But he had a lot of time for his family, mm. you know, and that really struck with me. And uh, at the at the end of this deal, I said, I just knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an insurance agent. So I uh, started looking around, calling on ads, and I ended up uh, going back to San Diego and answering an ad to a district manager, someone I actually had met years and years before with farmers. And they called me down and, of course, you know, American dream, you could start a business. I had no money. <laughs> Right. So anyway, that's, Been there, that's, that's that. how it started. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about your transition from farmers. And then I want you and Bradley to talk a little bit about your relationship with Lloyd's as well. But before we get to that, what has been the biggest challenge for you relative to moving from more of a captive farmer's mindset back, you know, for a number of years and now the past few years getting into more of the independent side of the house and, and how that's did just different, just different. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I, I, I think I was lucky because early on when I first started in California, we had the Northridge earthquake, if you remember that back right. then. So of course I started when I think homeowners was, there was a freeze uh, moratorium on home. So you couldn't bundle home and auto and it, things were tough. So I learned cut my teeth. I would just say on like, ENS commercial, believe it right, or not. Right. And so you start learning kind of those, you know, people are bringing these wacky deals, just crazy. Oh, I need a liability policy for some just weird thing that's never going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So that's how I learned. And later sort of actually acted as if I was an independent agent in some respect, having a agency management system because we did a lot of commercial. So, mm -hmm. but I, I was lucky because about, Oh, about eight years before I left, I had started writing some private flood insurance and uh, was doing some pay-per-click. I got into pay-per-click in Google. Right. And um, basically, we got to a point where we were uh, writing a lot of business. And I decided, hey, you know, why are we going through wholesalers? We should be doing this ourselves. I contacted Lloyd's and um, it took a long time, but we became a cover holder. And farmers had a big problem with that. For a lot of Wait, reasons. Wait, so you were a cover holder before you left Farmers? Uh, I guess I could say that now because I'm gone. But... I didn't know that. That's interesting. <laughs> well, you know, he brings up a Most great... farmers agents probably don't even know what that is. No, they don't. Well, I don't think farmers knew what it was. And, yeah, and... right. I think to be fair, it's running right his own insurance. But, but 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 Aaron, but let me stop you right there. You Brent Bradley uh, brings up a good point, but you said something earlier that caught my attention and I want to go back to it. And this rolls into him being a cover holder while he was still at farmers. Farmers is a captive 
carrier, obviously, but the most successful farmers agents that I have ever met have that blend of, and this is me on the outside looking in, I've never been a farmers agent, but it seems like they all have this blend of they've got some farmers business, mm-hmm. but then a hell of a lot more well, brokers. Like nationwide when you were with uh, Nationwide was the majority, I would say 90% of what we had at that time was was nationwide, but Farmers agents seem to do a lot of that blend. And then you mentioned like the AMS system and the CRM. Like, you know, if you've got a bunch of excess and surplus line stuff outside your farmer's book, I assume you've got to put that somewhere relative to an AMS or CRM system just to keep up with it. Otherwise, you'd be like mm-hmm. lost, you know. I, I bet you that happens quite frequently with them. Yeah, well... You know, it's I've been gone for a while, and they they've all had a few different contracts, right? So yeah. they used to talk about the quote old contract, right? So I had the old contract, and it was pretty simple. It was just the first right of refusal. So mm-hmm. if it's something that they didn't offer, then you were allowed to go outside and sure. procure it outside, and that really was sort of the deal. Now, when it came to the flood insurance, quite frankly, I think it's just no one. Re- it was so in its infancy. That I think that no one really knew what private flood was. And I think they thought that there might be a real problem on their hands because, sure, you know, some agents. In fact, this is how crazy. I'll make it as quick as I can. I literally had gotten a call from so – I'm in San Diego. There's a guy in San Francisco, and uh, he, I was getting him a, a flood quote. And I said, hey, do you want homeowner's insurance too? And he said, no, no, I'm happy. Okay. A couple of days later, I got a call from a farmer's agent around the corner in San Diego calling me, yelling at me, saying, hey – you stole my customer. I said, but I know him. He's a friend. I said, what are you talking about? I would never steal your customer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said something, flood insurance, private, no such thing. You know, mm. and, and I think, and then he called farmers, and I think they said, oh, God, we're going to have a problem on our hands uh-huh. because it, it, they didn't offer it. And, you know, that's so. where something like that comes back to bite you. It's not corporate, it's, it's other agents turning you in. That's, that's where that, that's how then, that happens. Then there's a problem. Yeah. 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 Well, and you listen, in, in, in full transparency, uh, so farmers called and they said, hey, they wanted to come in and talk. And I said, sure. And I, I had my contract out. And I and they said, so this is what you're doing? I said, 100%. Here's yeah. my contract. It's, it was one page, by the way, one page contract. I said, you got to show me here where it says I'm doing something wrong. I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. In fact, the play really was never about the flood. It was about finding another way to get home and auto. Right. So I thought this was a good thing. And anyway, they just said, well, we'd really appreciate it if you just didn't do it. And mm-hmm. I said, well, okay. And I had a pretty good farmer's thing going. I didn't want to, you know, get rid of it. So that's why I brought on a partner. Uh, we started another business and it kind of went over there. And I stayed with farmers for a couple more years. You rascal you. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. So well, something that Bradley and I seem to be wildly interested in relative to your time in service is this relationship that you developed with Lloyd's as a cover holder and, and kind of talk to us a little bit about how that came about relative to the process that you went through to, 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 to make that happen. And then I also want you and Bradley also today to talk a little bit about this new pet insurance product that I think best I can tell the two of you kind of spearheaded to get to where it is that today because there was a there was an issue for all agents out there relative to pet insurance and not getting any commission and some carriers wouldn't let you sell it. 
you guys found a problem and you solved it. So I want to talk about that too. But how, how did how did that first like uh, you know first few months when you're trying to get over there to talk to to, to Lloyd's of London? How'd that go? What was that like? Yeah, well, the first call I got the phone basically slammed in my face. So sure. we got to a point where we were writing. You know, the premiums are fairly small, and we were writing quite a bit though. And uh, I had seen something in the insurance journal, and it was something they were having in uh, Philadelphia, and it was a called chart i think the name it was and it was getting some lloyd's underwriters and people here to to talk and and i had seen it but it i just missed it so i so i called some it's called the lloyd's correspondent there's a there's they have a couple throughout the the country and there's one like on the west coast that and their job is to promote lloyd's right everywhere to help educate and whatnot so i called this guy and i said hey i got this flood deal and he said yeah 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 click and i said oh shit so i said okay it's on bro it is on it so, probably makes it like 10 times worse that he had a british accent too yeah. like you <laughs> stupid american like <laughs> yeah you could see him dressed in like 18th century with yeah. The, yeah, yeah yeah exactly um you just remind him who's one and oh right right just remind him of that <laughs> james is gonna listen it, to this and be like please yeah 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 no, that's funny so so yeah no i it, you know look we're all hungry right it, yeah. we're all in the hustle and i i just i don't know, i just didn't like the way that went down so I just started making some calls and we eventually got to someone out there. One thing to, to deal with Lloyd's, you have to have a Lloyd's broker. So there is a middleman. You cannot go directly to a syndicate. And uh, I met this guy. We had a couple calls. He liked what he heard. Next thing you know, he's flying out to California. Mm. And that really started the process. Mm. And ultimately, I had a lot of people tell me, hey, they're never going to talk to you. And I did wonder, why would you talk to me? We're tiny right? We're small. Let's not be, let's be honest here. We're not giant. We're small. But, but what they really said is two things. One, they want experts. Mm. They want an expert. And the second thing is they say, we don't care how much money you make us. Just don't lose this money. Mm -hmm. Don't lose this money. Well, so. and, and to add a little bit of clarification. So Lloyd's cover holder, it basically gives you the ability to underwrite on behalf of Lloyd's. Correct. Essentially, yes. There's two ways that Lloyd's. There's two real ways to to do it. Either yeah, go, in, you, go into that a little bit because I think a lot of agents don't know. Yeah, so you can to to access Lloyd's. There's something called the open market. So an open market risk would basically be, let's say you've got some gigantic risk in Alabama. I don't know. It's massive. We had, we had but one it's recently. Got, okay, and let's say it's got some hair on it. It's got some claims. It's got who knows. You would take this massive risk. There's got to be a lot of premium behind it, and then they walk in that Lloyd's building, theoretically, right? And and then they walk to each of these desks and say, "Do you want a piece of this? Let's think Titanic, right? Do you yeah. want do you want some of this?" And they go, "Yeah, okay, I'll take ten percent, ten percent. Maybe it's a shopping mall, thirty million dollar risk. I don't know." And and then you get ten people to take percentages, and that's it. And then they come up with a premium. Here it is, two hundred fifty grand. Do you? Can you sell it? That's open market. And that's that's, a that's very close to how Lloyd's originated. Correct. Right. So back in the day, Lloyd's, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think this no, is important. So back in the day, the way Lloyd's got started is they would insure ships. And the way that worked, correct me if I'm wrong here, and there would be a piece of paper, like a scroll in a bar in London, and you would write your net. They would have the, like, the info on the ship, what it was hauling, where it was going, that sort of thing. You would write your name and say what percentage of that risk you wanted to take. That's right. And you would write your name, 
under the person above you. That's where the name underwriter came from. I'll be dang. And so if you guys have had any kind of crazy risk that Lloyd's insured, if you look on the deck page usually or somewhere in the policy, it'll have the the names of each syndicate and a lot of times acronyms, right, Aaron? It'll have the names of each syndicate and a percentage beside it, and that's the percentage they took. We had one recently where it was an HOA here at the beach that nobody wanted, and they had had, they had, had like a million-dollar claim after Sally and Natasha at my office basically like wrote up an email case as to why, even though despite this stuff, this is a good risk and we should help these people out, this Condo Owners Association, and they literally took that on the Lloyd's floor and said, how much and shop that around and got it done. So that is what did you call it? It's an open market risk. Open market. Okay. Yeah. And so the other is delegated authority. And so they delegate authority to you. You know, it's it's just like an under, underwriting rules like any standard carrier says, you know. So they, they give you so you much what, and say you can do this much basically. Right. So you would work with them and say, Hey, I want to write this kind of risk with these characteristics homes that are you know this age group and at this price and they agree to it and then what they do is they basically they back you right it's their money if there's a claim that that's kind of how that's ultimately how it works and i'll, I'll put this this perspective because i think and then if we don't move on we'll go in this rabbit hole forever but let me put in this perspective i think this really and they do a great job of keeping this gray mystical thing about lloyd's Right. I mean, everyone even here still they do. It's like the Illuminati. They just do that. And I don't know why, but it's it, they do a great job of it. I don't think it's intentional, by the way, but it just works that way. Lloyd's is not an insurance company. Lloyd's is a marketplace. Correct. So, but let's put it in this perspective. It's like I have, I'm an insurance company. Scott's an insurance company and Bradley's a, an insurance company. And all three of us, we work independently but we all work together. Mm -hmm. So as an example, Bradley, you want to grow your business and maybe you want to do homeowners in Alabama. Scott wants to do homeowner associations. I think you do that now, right? So uh -huh. you're doing, you know, habitational, let's just say, right. that's what you want to do. And I want to do flood. Okay. So we all want to do as best we can for our own businesses, but collectively, together we, we are also sort of one so we don't want scott to have problems because that creates a problem for all of us so that's why you'll see like amwins has an office on the lloyd's trading floor or his cox or canopius you'll see these carrot right i'm asking like that that's why you'll see each carrier there essentially well so there's right so there's there's a bunch of syndicates so all these syndicates make up the lloyd's marketplace mm. right because they all have different appetites i think sometimes people say they'll just say lloyd's blanket statement well lloyd's won't do this well that's just kind of not oh. true like scott again he may not do it because he doesn't know anything about homeowners he knows about habitational that's why he doesn't do it but but there's a an overseer a group that says okay we it's like a, let's say the NFL they're going to point you know who's the guy who's in charge of the NFL uh, I can't think of his name uh, Roger, Roger Goodell, Goodell. Yeah. Roger Goodell why do they hire him well to make sure that the brand th that yeah. like you know right now we got the commanders right that guy Dan Snyder he's going kind of crazy over there 
So they don't want him to create a problem for all of them. Right. That's really the same thing. Is that thing. why Jay-Z is supposed to buy the Commodores? Oh, commanders I don't, I don't know who? anything about that. So to both of you and to the Lloyd's, the Lloyd's marketplace, I'd like to say this. I can appreciate what they have created relative to a risk marketplace. And I can appreciate both their longevity and how they're able to spread risk out. But personally, I really liked it better before Lloyd's where if I was, if I was going to have you take a shipment of tea for me across the ocean to say Central America, I would just literally tell you if I don't get my gold and silver back, I'm going to cut everybody's head off that, you know, back here. <laughs> That's probably I how they of, did it back in the day. I right? know it's how, I know it's how they did it. <laughs> I like that situation a lot better than spreading risk out. Yeah. Let's just kill every single person that you have ever known your whole Put life head on a spike. If I don't get my money when you come back, that's kind of how Lloyd's was created was before then, mm -hmm. it was pretty much Game of Thrones. And, yeah. That is absolutely the funniest stop. thing I think that's, I've ever that's said. That's a great analogy. It's, yeah. that is, but that this is, is, this is We're going to clip this. Lloyd's, this is going to be how Scott would run an insurance Lloyd's, company. this is how I would do it. Okay, I'm gonna, we're going to cut every person that you've ever known since kindergarten's head off if you don't get us our money back. That's how it needs to be done. <laughs> Aaron can't see me, but that's I'm, the way it I'm was laid back in my chair. That was the way it was done in 1327 yeah. over there. You is, know, I don't like, I, I don't, I'm not a Game of Thrones fan, and right. I don't like any medieval movies because they're over the top brutal like that. Right, right. Uh, but that's probably how they really were back then. Oh, 100%. So, yeah, hey, I tell you what, let the king give you a bunch of stuff to put on a ship and go to somewhere yeah, like exactly. South America and don't come back with what you're supposed to come <laughs> exactly. back with. Exactly. See how that works for you. So it's like th this is a this is a longer podcast for another day, but I do want to point out that because Scott and I provide more value than anybody else in the insurance industry, here, here. our people who attended the One City World Tour, the listeners of this episode who attended the 2022 One City World Tour, got a full fledged synopsis of Lloyd's from from Mr. Aaron Farmer here. Correct. Because that's the kind of value we provide to people when they come Sh to our events. So if you're so listening up. to this and want to possibly consider attending the One City World Tour in 2023, January 18th, 19th, Austin, Texas, and I would argue that the version of the presentation that Mr. Aaron Farmer gave for 2023 is the guy that created the first insurance blockchain. And he's going to teach you how to do it too. So if you want to attend the One City World Tour, go to onecityworldtour.com. We've got to promote that, guys. You guys need to come. We're only selling 200 tickets. When we get to 200, nobody else is coming. So Bra Bradley, and you guys need to come to the One City World Tour. Go buy your ticket. We have not done a great job of promoting because no, I don't feel haven't. I don't like selling to our audience, so I wanted to bring that up. But but it sounds like Bradley through Aaron has kind of figured out you you have got you had a risk that you mentioned earlier that you that you promoted, I guess would be the best way to describe it, through the open market at Lloyd's. So you've kind it, you've kind of figured this out. No, not necessarily. No, I For, I didn't do anything different with that particular. We went to a to a cover holder who went to a broker who went to Lloyd's. 
understood. Um, understood. We didn't do anything different because of my relationship with Aaron. I understood what actually happened. Right. A lot better. Can anybody go to a cover holder? If I had a risk that was, you know, $30, $40 million risk and I needed to go, would it, would it, could, could any agent listen well, to this? Well, there's a lot of cover holders out there, like Appalachian Underwriter is a cover holder. Okay. And, and okay, that sort okay, of thing. Okay. Um, can you be a cover holder, I think, is what you're, you're asking. How do you do that? Well, everybody who is a cover holder has some kind of crazy ass story of how they became a cover holder. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Aaron can answer that. Aaron, can you answer that? Yeah, that's a good question. I think there's about 800 in the United States. I mean, from, you know, Amwins down to me. But um, yeah, I, I think it depends. It depends on the market time. I mean, right now, for mm-hmm. for example, I understand that they're not trying to appoint uh, yeah. people. Huge surprise. Um, it's yeah, well, what they would nobody just say in is, insurance has heard that this year. Nobody exactly, but I think the idea is that it's it's a. I'll just tell you what, man, it's a long process. It's like eighteen months of yeah. It's crazy. It's just a long time to get to the thing where what they would say now is just go to a go to a cover holder that's already existing, existing and, right. and you could work out something. And if since, I went if I went and camped out in their lobby for like two or three months and it, you know like just stayed with a buddy of mine that lives in London and I just camped out in their lobby for months and months and months at a time, would they appoint me just to get rid of me at some point <laughs> or how would that uh, now I, I do know we that, could do that. I could be we could do that in film. Security it. will kick you out if you do not have a suit and tie on. Is that correct? I believe so. I believe that's right. Don't you have to have a suit and tie on when you or a coat on when you go in or something? Absolutely. Yep. That's what I thought. Got to have a suit and tie. Well, the 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 thing is, like, it depends on when the marketplace is right. So for these guys, as an example, when they're having claims and they're like like companies right now in California, they don't want business, right? I mean, we had right. our travelers rep say, "Don't write an auto policy for the next thirty days. Just don't." Hundred percent. Right. So so in Lloyd's, and it's it when it's anyway. a similar time situation when they're not then they have restrictions right so they don't want sometimes new business when they do and you're talking investment money right so there's investment dollars comes into these syndicates right they have this money and they say make us more money so what does that mean well that means they got to start programs and they got to get policies and start you know and other times they're like chill so it just kind of depends on but the syndicates that are inside the lloyd's building do, does each syndicate have a specialty to some degree where this one likes uh, whatever that risk is and this one likes that? And is it like that or are they just all over the board? Yeah, I would say generally they all have a, a, a certain flavor, property, yeah. you know, versus casualty. I mean, sure. it's really cool. You go in there, some do political risk, some do terrorism, right. Right. some do, you know, all the Marine, you know. You know, they ring the bell when something really bad happens. So they have this bell in there. You know, you've seen the picture of the bell. Mm-hmm. So that bell came from a ship that sank. So if they ring the bell in the building, everyone freezes. because so that's that means, not a good occasion when the bell rings. That means shit's going real bad. Mm-hmm. When was the last they time mean, it and rang? They, I don't know. But then they write in the book. They have a book, right? They write the big loss in there. And they have all those from like 1700. Wow. I mean, they have every loss written in that place. It's It'll have you thinking different about insurance, too. So I called Aaron one time. I had the best idea ever. Sure. Personalumbrella.com. Done. They suck. Go get it. Their UI UX is terrible. Agents hate it. There's not another standalone umbrella option for agents out there. And I called Aaron and I said... Aaron, go figure it out. I said, I have the best idea ever. (laughs) We're going to create an insure tech for umbrellas. Perfect. What's the downside? What's wrong with that? Right. And... 
you know, what happens. And Aaron and I, I think I could speak for Aaron as well, don't know a ton about that in terms of, hold, you know, being, sure. a, being a cover holder for that. But, you know, when you become a cover holder, they will give you a certain aggregate of business that you can write. Sure. And Aaron says, okay, he's messing with me a little bit. You yeah. know, he says, okay. And he's like, you get a hundred million dollar aggregate. That's a lot. Mm. You just wrote a hundred umbrellas. Mm-hmm. Umbrellas no. are $350. Right. You just wrote 35,000 in premium. Juice it and worth the squeeze. Congratulations. Exactly. And I was like, now I know why personalumbrella.com uh, is the only umbrella company. Disregard. Umbrellas. Disregard. Like, Don't take that to them, Aaron. I please. will hang up and listen. But to transition, to segue, Aaron. So yes. when you're in the business like all of us are that are listening to this, Scott, I, Aaron, even Scott's lovely wife, Kim, all of our listeners. You notice opportunities in the market. Sure. And Aaron uh, noticed an opportunity in the market, uh, got Scott and I into the fold. So talk a little bit about our latest project, Aaron. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. Exactly. Top dog pet insurance. Well, look, I listen to you guys and I love what you put out, by the way. And, you know, I listen for, well, there's a lot of reasons, but a lot of it is the technology pieces, right? We talk about embedded insurance a lot. I know that means APIs we talk about. What does that all mean? And, um, but I think from an agent's perspective, the right, there's the right time right now. The market's hardening. You know, carriers don't want business. Rates are going up, and and here comes this this pet insurance. Well, pet insurance right now, to me, my perspective, it's kind of clunky out there. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I have a policy. Uh, I guess I could say it uh, with Safeco, and I, I'll just say I have no issue with Safeco. By the way, the the policy is fine. I do, but good. there's I'll no there's it. no problem with it. But I, I don't know really how to access it and quoting. Yeah. It's kind of I have no idea. But but here's the other deal. Well, I'm sure there, the way safe, as good as Safe Coast technology is, the pet products really, really good. I'm being facetious. During the pandemic, people, you know, from my understanding, you know, people weren't dating, they weren't getting married, they were buying pets, right? Because mm-hmm. you couldn't see anybody. So there are two billion dollars a year being being spent on pet insurance. And I talked to some agents. In fact, I talked to this one agent. This is great. I talked to an agent who I saw on Facebook has has pets, has some automation business, goes to the 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 uh, things we go to IOA meetings, and so I called this person randomly. They had no idea who I was. I just said, "Hey, I want to tell you about this thing I got. It's called pet insurance. Would you be interested?" And they'd be like, "Ah, you know, I don't really sell a lot of pet insurance." And it just struck me, like, you know, kind of hit you over the head moment. That's mm-hmm. like, okay, you don't sell pet insurance, so they don't buy it from you, and the, the customers aren't buying it from me, but they're spending two billion dollars. So mm-hmm. where are they buying it? Well, let me tell you. Lemonade, mm-hmm. a Figo, Figo, a Costco just got in bed with them. You don't think that those companies, your customers are buying it online. They don't tell you about it because you're and, not and telling them that you And guess what? They're remarketing to your customers for auto, home, life insurance, commercial 100%. insurance, workers' comp, all that. Sure. 100%. So anyway, we got this. So here's a here's an opportunity. It's a quote bind issue. I mean, really, we say it, it can happen in, what, three minutes? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's super easy. Agents get a unique link. Uh, they can give it to their customers. They can put it on their website. It's agnostic in the sense that this company um, doesn't sell home. They don't sell. They don't sell any other product. Branded so to you. Customer, what's that? Branded to your agency, right? Yeah, you can brand it. You, they're not going to. You don't have to worry about someone coming in and trying to sell any other product. And you don't the really have to service good. it. There's, There's no, no service. service. Yeah. So my take on it. So when Aaron started talking about this and and wanting me and Scott to be involved, I'm not a big pet guy. I had dogs growing up. I could take them or leave them. 
it's not super popular in Alabama, I don't think. Yeah. But I started poking around to other agents in other parts of the country, New England area, California, Idaho. And it's just like a real thing. Like, right. pe- like agents were trying to, to sell. And there's really two areas we had to solve for. Okay, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong. One is, like you said, all of the products out there were super clunky. Really hard to sell. If I've got to, you know, I look at this as an ancillary product, right? For me and my agency, we're so focused on the things that make us money mm-hmm. that for us to add an ancillary product that takes any work is just out of the question. Yeah, right. It's got to be super easy, like some of the, like a zip bonds where you can just send them the link and the customer can buy the bond, right? So if the customer can do it themselves, you can just add it to your, say, onboarding or your renewal process. Why wouldn't you take that extra mailbox money, right? So there's number one. And number two, a lot of the commissions out there were really, really, really low. Right. So essentially, we had to solve for those two things. And, and we've, we've got great commissions. And it's super easy. Like Aaron said, it's a link you can include in your customer onboarding. Hey, do you have a pet? Or you can even filter for the people that you already know they have a pet. Right. And the customer buys it. That's what, it. What, it's super easy. What, what is the commissions on this? Because I'm thinking like all these agents out there right now. What do they make on a commission on percentage-wise? 10 and oh, 10, right, Aaron? 10 and 10. Yeah, yeah, it's 10% new, 10% renewable. Check it out. And you don't have to do anything. You really, you don't do anything and you're going to get paid. I mean, agents should be, your customer, put it this way, in terms of the customer. So right now, customers are calling. Your customer will call in and take your VA time or your staff time for an hour, about $4 on their auto premium, right? Mm. And bitch and moan, all that. But they love their pet. They love their, I mean, my wife, I can tell you right now, if she had to choose between our dog and me, she's choosing our dog. Mm-hmm. The people love their pet. Our premium I, uh, is is about 85 bucks a month with uh, Top Dog Pet Insurance mm. for a decent plan, right? It, I mean, it's 960 bucks a year and it's high 95 retention rate. And you insulate and, that client from a freaking lemonade going after them for their other stuff. Right. A hundred percent. I mean, no one's going to get rich off this. I think, I think the agent needs to open their mind. It's not about the pet insurance, right? Yeah. It's not about, I mean, yeah, it's great to have some extra, but there's going to be an agent. In fact, maybe Bradley, you can promise that we find someone, we can bring them back on a podcast and showcase them, but someone's going to go out there to a vet, and do a lunch and learn, spend 60 bucks, tell the staff about why this is great, get four or five people that they did not have in their agency before, mm-hmm. just got the pet policy, put them in their automation, whether it's agency Zoom, better agency, you know, take your pick, right. insured mine. They're gonna cross sell them a home and auto. Then they're gonna find out that the guy or woman's got a business, get a worker's comp, maybe drop a $2 million life policy, and then say, this is what, we're supposed to do an insurance, right, right, guys? I mean, yep, yep. I said, like, what am exactly I missing right. here? That's exactly right. Well, see, here's what I want to do. I'm going to go ahead and just talk about this in front Uh-oh. of God and country. Aaron and I have not figured out how to do this yet, but I, this is what I want to do. And, we, and we're early. We haven't necessarily launched yet. We're doing pre-appointments now. What's at topdogpetinsurance.com backslash agents with an S on the end, I think. Yes. Um, and that'll be in the show notes. But here's what I want to do. House okay. to house, spade and neutering agents, pets for them. No, no. Here's oh, what I okay. want to do. Never mind. Here's what I want to figure out. And I think Aaron knows what I'm about to say. Let's say we appoint, let's say we appoint Chris Green's insurance agency. Okay. Chris Green sells a pet product. Okay. Right. Or his 
automation sells a pet product. Mm-hmm. That customer that bought that pet product for their dog, Sparky, sure, gets a small package in the mail a week later addressed to Sparky with something in there that is a dog um, toy branded to Chris Green's agency. Unbelievable. And I want to figure out a way to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with figuring out this. That's not me. I wanted to have it ready by today, and I, I couldn't quite, I haven't quite figured it out yet. But I didn't want to pass this opportunity up. But like Aaron and I and Scott are thinking about, like I love that. If a carrier sure. did that, for, I love that, right? I want to, th- we want to find ways that we can provide value to agents above and beyond just giving them a pet product to sell. And that's exactly what you've done because Aaron's right. It's not about the pet insurance. It's about using that in a number of different ways to create interest, to spark conversations, to get other business in the door. And not to mention the fact that from a current client standpoint, it's just another value add for them that you can send them and say, hey, if you love your animal, we got a great pet product, here it is. Boom, bam, boom, they're signed up and and it's done. And we have a ton of agents that have already shown interest, right, Aaron? And and I want to acknowledge Aaron. He's been working his butt off behind the scenes trying to get everybody login credentials and all that. So I say that to say we're not going to be appointing everybody under the sun. So if you want to get in, go ahead and fill that out now. Don't wait. Right. Because they'll come to a point to where it's it's saturated. Yeah. No, thanks. And and thanks for your help, too. I I think – the way I see it, look, I've been an agent 23, 24 years, and I've seen a lot of stuff. And I just think that this is a great time for this product in this market right now for agents. It's simple. It doesn't take staff time. There's no service and you get good commission. And yet agents, we go to these conferences and we want to see people stand up on stage that have these big agencies to make a lot of money. And, and here's a couple agents here, us, we got some good agencies and we're telling you, this is what you do. So agents should be listening to say, yeah, that's a good idea. Right. Put it in your automation. Someone's going to knock it out of the park with some big policies based on this. It's no different than the boat insurance or, you know, all the ancillary uh, products that are, mm-hmm. that we, you got to round out the, the product out, you know, the product line with your customer right so when you, everybody knows each product you add improves that retention by a couple of years so what you guys don't know that i find to be very interesting relative to this product is we have at my house uh nash the english bulldog and not spoiled at all not at all and nash is four years old and from a pet insurance perspective, he's probably the, because they have so many health problems, they're like the worst risk, mm-hmm. right? For, for dogs. I want to say, Bradley, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I think we pay nationwide's. I'm obviously going to switch it if I, if I can, I know there's some limitations relative to age with, with pet insurance too. Like you don't want to, insure a dog that's 14 years old and about to die i'm sure but i want to say we pay about 200 dollars a month for his pet insurance it's a it's a lot of money it's mm-hmm. not cheap well you're gonna be moving that over to top dog so too. i mean it, it's well the it's, dog the dog I've, I've seen videos of the dog he clearly has asthma or some kind of uh, well, he's an english bulldog <laughs> some <laughs> kind of 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 respiratory like oh he's disgusting <laughs> he's absolutely disgusting yeah, well, it's good that you Does have he it. Still I, not move from that one spot. Uh, he he'll sit there for eight ten hours at a time. 
I've heard some agents say, or just some people say, yeah, I don't know, you know, about the health insurance thing, but it's funny because if you take Scott, like your wife and uh, let's say you didn't have the pet insurance, but here's the deal. Let's say your dog, who I'm sure your family loves and your wife mm -hmm. loves, and you come home or it's dog sick and you go in there to that vet and that vet says the words you says the C word. Right. I, I guarantee. Yep. And that, that says, I hate to tell you, but Nash has got cancer. Right. But, but I think we got it in time, but it's going to be about nine grand. Correct. You think your wife, we, we you're just going to say, well, sorry, Nash has been great knowing you. Hell no. There's not, the, your wife will move heaven and earth yep. to get that treatment started tomorrow. That's so get the pet insurance. You yeah. Know? I've heard stories like that where people pay 10, 20, 30, $40,000 to save Sparky. Because she just of, changed her mind about saving him over there. She's shaking now, her head. Now, there. now, Aaron, I will correct you on one thing. My wife's a little different than most. She she would probably not be in that camp, but I know a bunch yeah. of people who would be glad to pay ten thousand dollars to help Sparky live for another couple of years. I know a lot of people like that. No question. So I mean, look at Instagram today. I'm not. I mean, I'm not the social person that Bradley is and with all this, but I'm getting into it. But did you see how many pet reels are going today? Right. Half the, you do, if you look at one, the next thing you know, your whole Instagram account is full of dogs doing stuff. Correct. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for being here today. We've got a hard stop right now. I've got to get off of, but I really appreciate you. And, and I, I need to, I need to get call you and just catch up with you one day. If things will slow down for me just a little bit, I'll try to do that. But and by the way, I'm wearing the most perfect top dog insurance t-shirt right now. If you're you not go. watching on YouTube, go subscribe to our YouTube, the insurance guys. There you go. We're putting more content out there so you can actually watch the episode right. on YouTube. If, We've got uh, four cameras on us right now, so you get every angle. Mm, just what they want with me. We're doing everything but following Scott to the bathroom. Mm, so, mm. Aaron, well, guys, Farmer, thank you. We love you. You guys are the best, and uh, you know you're always invited. I told I told Bradley. He said he wanted to come out. He's got, you know, Bradley's got ideas. He said I got another idea for a Lloyd's deal. He wants to come out. I said I live right next to Wild Animal Park. Lego Land is. He can get a little baby of his. Yep. You know, make it a business trip, but uh, keep the wife happy too. So. Well, you're the best, brother. We love you very much. And as I end every episode, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out into the big, bad world. Make money for your family. Make money for your wife, your husband, your kid's college fund, your parents and your in-laws out there that are struggling. Go make money for them. Write good business for the companies that you represent and write good business for the agencies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, guys. Aaron, we love you, brother. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. 
and we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.